الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والفجر وليال عشر وقال تعالى قل ان صلاتي ونسكي ومحياي ومماتي لله رب العالمين وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من وجد سعه لاي ضحيه فلم يضح فلا يحضر مصلانا او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وسبحان الله الكريم برادرز اند ليدرز as we heard the alarm and the announcement after the isha salah that we have already entered in this very auspicious time this very mubarak and blessed time the first 10 days of zulhijjah and numerous bounties that allah taala showers down on his servants in these mubarak days and nights very great virtues that rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam has mentioned in one hadith sharif nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam says that there is no action done in any time of the year which is more beloved to allah taala than the action that is done in these 10 days meaning every tasbih every tahmeed every tahleel every one cent of charity that a person may give every one ayat of the quran sharif that he might make tilawat of every rakat of nafil salah that he might perform whatever righteous action he does any time of the year ramadan is obviously in a league of its own as we may say but apart from that any other action any action done in any other time of the year cannot equate to the value and the reward of the action done in these days in the hearts and minds of the sahaba ikram something that had been embedded therein something that they were well aware of was that there can be no action that can come anywhere close to the reward of jihad in the path of Allah tbaraka wa taala striving for the sake of the deen of Allah taala and when nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam explained to them the virtue of this time that any action done in any other time of the year cannot equal to the reward of the action in these 10 days their immediate question to rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam was walal jihadu fi sabilillah not even jihad in the path of allah taala in other times of the year can equate the one tasbih in this time the one ayat of the quran sharif that is recited in this time is that really the case nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam replied walal jihadu fi sabilillah not even the reward of jihad in other times can equate the reward of any amal in this time except that person who leaves with all his possessions and belongings and wealth and he leaves with his life obviously and he goes out in the path of allah taala and then returns with nothing meaning he spent everything and he gave his life also that person in other times would have a higher amount of reward so obviously that this is something very great and at the same time what is very clear is that then striving in the path of allah taala in these times this also obviously gains the highest reward but the lesson in all this is 
that Rasulullah has highlighted for us that this is no ordinary time. It is as in business terminology we say season time, season to make business. So the days are also real, very great season time and the nights are also such. The days and nights, any amal, this is a reward. During the day, in the first nine days of Zul Hijjah, obviously the tenth day is the day of Eid. The first nine days, Rasulullah says that any person who fasts on these days, any fast, whether it's one day, all nine days, each fast is equivalent in reward to the fast of one year. It's like a person saying to somebody, you work from me for one day, I'll give you the salary for one year. If somebody says that, no, I don't want it, says, probably you won't find a better fool, a bigger fool than this person. Work for one day and take the salary for one year. So every person would be more than eager to grab that with both hands. Says, okay, doesn't matter, if you want me to work 24 hours for this one day, I'm ready for that. So each nafil fast that a person keeps in these nine days, the reward of it is equivalent to the fast of one year. And then coming specifically to the ninth of Zul Hijjah, this is the day of Arafah, the reward of fasting on this day, you kafiru, it compensates for the minor sins of the past year and the forthcoming year. Now these are all the rewards of the fasting in this day, in these days. And then in terms of ibadat of the night, Nabi Islam says that each night in these ten nights, the ibadat of these nights is equivalent to the ibadat of Laylatul Qadr. Now can we imagine the auspiciousness of this time? What great treasures of rewards that Allah Ta'ala has opened out for His servant in this time? What a tragedy it would be. On the one hand, if a person fails to take anything, that he says, well fine, doesn't matter, it's whatever, like... Somebody is dishing out Kruger runs out by the masjid door. Somebody says, let others take it. It's fine, I don't need it. At that time, no matter how much a person has, he says, if I have two more Kruger coins, what am I going to lose in that? Whatever I have, it will add to it. And everybody will queue up for it. Forget the Kruger runs, we queue up for that one chocolate also at the other door. So, what about the Kruger runs? If we really knew that somebody is dishing out Kruger runs after some nikah or something, then perhaps we might leave before the nikah finishes. But the lesson here is that Allah Ta'ala is giving us so much which we will only realize the value of it when our eyes close. That what is being dished out? What is being showered out down upon the servants of Allah Ta'ala? So on the one hand, this is a time to take maximum benefit of these great rewards. And these rewards, on the day of Qiyamah sometimes, it might be that a person is running around for one reward. Because that one reward will be what will tip the scales in his favor. But on that day, neither his parents, nor his children, nor anybody would be prepared to part with one reward for him. So this is the time to make the maximum. One is, a very easy way of taking the maximum. In the Hadith Sharif it is mentioned, the person who performs his Isha Salah with Jama'ah, he gets the reward of standing half the night in Ibadat. And then he performs his Fajr Salah with Jama'ah, then now he gets the reward of having stood the entire night in Ibadat. So at least this much for a start, that we will never miss our Isha and Fajr al-Jama'ah. 
And inshallah, if this pattern continues for these 10 days, with the barakat of this, inshallah, it'll continue forever. So that is one very easy step forward already to take the reward of ibadat of the entire night. And the reward of the ibadat of this night is equivalent to Laylatul Qadr. So what a deprivation it will be if we deprive ourselves of such a great reward which can be attained in such, such an easy manner. But then, when a person is sitting to eat, for example, he is not content on just having just whatever the bare essentials are. He wants everything laid out. He wants even, no matter how well everything is prepared, but he wants all the extras with it. He wants that salad and that achar and whatever else. He wants all the chutneys and whatever else goes with it. He says, no, everything must add to the taste. It must enhance it. So everything must be enhanced. Our food must be enhanced. Our clothing must be all better than the best. The vehicle we drive cannot be just one of those vehicles. It must be something that stands out. The house that we live in has to be really providing every comfort and luxury. But when it comes to our ibadat, then let alone what is the essentials, even that too gets compromised. But in everything else we want more than the best. So let us give Allah Ta'ala a little bit more than this from our side as well. That Allah Ta'ala asked us for the faraiz, and obviously with it goes the wajibat and the sunnat and But the dictates of the love of Allah Ta'ala, just as the love of food dictates that we want all those extras. The love of cars dictates that if you can afford it, we don't want something small and something just basic. We want something with all the latest. The dictates of love for comforts and luxuries in our homes, it dictates that we have everything that we can afford and what we can't afford to, we try to have that too. So the dictates of the love for Allah Ta'ala is that we don't confine and restrict ourselves to only the faraiz, wajibat and sunnat and That goes without saying. That we have to do. But the dictates of love demand that a person, he puts some effort into nawafil as well. He makes some nafil salah, he makes some tasbihat, some tilawat, some zikr, some dua, and all these extra ibadat. This is the dictates of love. So this is something that we should be bearing in mind, the great virtues of this Mubarak time, and trying to do as much as we can, at least after the Isha Salah, we go home sometime, in some tilawat of the Quran Sharif, some zikr, some dua, little bit, some salah, if not one hour, half an hour, at least sometime in some ibadat, inshallah, we will get this great rewards of ibadat of the night. And Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq, we wake up in the late part of the night, or at least perform some rakat before we go to sleep. If we don't have the himmat and the courage to fast all these ten, nine days, at least some days, one or two days, to take something. And this is something very great. When a person is season time for business, then eight to late also is, is less. He's working from before 8 till after 8. Why? Because it's season time. It's time to take the maximum. There's also time Allah Ta'ala has given us a season time. Then the aspect of Qurbani, which mashallah, we all are already looking forward to. People are already preparing for this great ibadat of Qurbani. So, Alhamdulillah, the fact that this Qurbani is performed and performed with enthusiasm, this is a very great na'mat of Allah Ta'ala. But, is this qurbani confined and restricted to merely slaughtering an animal and then we're done with it? But is there something beyond that? Is there a message, is there a lesson in it for us? 
when the Sahaba Ikram asked Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, ma hadhi al-adahi ya Rasulullah, that this udhiya, this qurbani that we have been asked to perform, what is this? What is the significance of this? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi replied to them and said, hiya sunnatu abikum Ibrahim. This is the sunnah of your great-grandfather Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam. Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam, we all know the incident We've heard it over and over again. But have we taken the lesson of it? What was he tested for? What was he tested in? That test which Allah Ta'ala says, we tested Ibrahim and he fulfilled the test. He passed the test with distinction. There's various ways in which this can be explained, many, many ways in which we can look at it, but the essence of this test was the test of love and loyalty. This was the essence of this test, the test of love and loyalty. And when there's true love, then any amount of sacrifice is little in the, in the light of that love. Ibrahim was tested that the claim of the love of Allah Taala, which every mu'min makes, how true is this claim of love? So now things that every human being is attached to, he's attached to his, his possessions, it's a natural attachment. More than his possessions, then he's attached to his family. He's attached to his children. Now he is being tested one test after the other in this regard. First the test, go and leave your wife and this infant child in a barren place. Where there is no means of survival. Now this is a very close attachment. Now he is being tested, let them go and leave them in this barren place. Makkah Mukarramah at that time was totally barren. There's nobody living there, there was nothing growing there. Now he's being told to leave them there. What was this? That where does the loyalty lie? Which love is greater? And without question he goes and leaves his wife and child there and he turns to leave. Now he's moving away. In this was the display of the love of Allah Ta'ala being above everything. All the questions that can come in the mind, all the thoughts that can flood the mind at that time, that what is going to be the end result of this, how are they going to survive, what's going to happen, and what wrong did they do, no question. Ibrahim wasalam, without any hesitation, Allah's command, this is it. Then the command of slaughtering his son. So lengthy incidents, we're just getting to the main aspects. Command of slaughtering that son now. What attachment? This child, after such a, at old age, this child is blessed to him. Then the child is separated at infancy. Now the child has grown, now he is living with the father, now you slaughter him. And Ibrahim Islam again, without question, is ready to do it. Ismail is a young child. He is being, his mind is being prepared by his father, the purpose was to just mentally prepare him. This is the command of Allah Ta'ala. What is his response? If al mama tu'mar. 
Whatever you've been commanded, go ahead. If the knife must go upon my throat, let it be. The command of Allah Ta'ala is supreme. Everything else can be put aside. My life can be given. But not the command of Allah Ta'ala be broken. So this was the test of love on this entire family. When Ibrahim is leaving her in this barren place and going, and this infant child is left with her, and her fear is like any human being, what's going to happen to us? But when she now becomes aware that this is the command of Allah Ta'ala, her immediate response, Allah Ta'ala won't allow us to perish. We go. What was all this? This was a response of love. Love for Allah Ta'ala. The response of love for Allah Ta'ala, that was beyond everything else. Now this is the lesson that we have to take and we have to apply. And to what extent is that love in? The yardstick to judge that is, what extent we are prepared to sacrifice for Allah Ta'ala. Like we see in all these incidents. Ibrahim was prepared to sacrifice his wife and child. He didn't know what the end result going to be. Whether they'll survive or whether they'll perish, he didn't know. But Allah's command is ready to sacrifice. He didn't know that that knife won't slaughter his son eventually. That he will do what he can, but that knife won't cut. He didn't know that. Ismail didn't know that that knife is not going to go through my throat. He knew that his father is going to do it. And that knife is a knife, knife will cut. But Allah Ta'ala had taken the ability of cutting out of that knife. At that last moment, Allah Ta'ala commanded that knife not to cut. But they didn't know that beforehand. So this test of love was that they were ready to sacrifice. That was the display of the love inside. That love is judged by the yardstick of sacrifice. And to the extent that a person is ready to sacrifice for Allah Ta'ala, that is an indication of the extent of love in the heart for Allah Ta'ala. In the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala says, gives the command of Salah in so many places, hundreds of places in the Quran Sharif, Aqimus Salah. Now the person at the time of Fajr, now this is the test of love. He is ready to sacrifice his sleep for the command of Allah Ta'ala. To leave that warm bed, to leave that house, to move to the house of Allah Ta'ala, to perform that Fajr Salah, now he is ready to make that sacrifice. This is an indication of his love for Allah Ta'ala. The person who in the midst of his business, but now it's Zuhar time, the Muslim is called out, Hayya ala salah, Hayya ala al-falah. Now his love drives him, drives him out of that business, out of that job, out of that profession, whatever it might be, and drives him to the call of Allah Ta'ala. Why? Because my beloved has called. The beloved has called that love drives the person. And now everything else can get be, be sacrificed, but not the call of the beloved. The person is walking on the street and he's tempted to look, to cast some lustful glances, wherever he might be. But the, the beloved has already commanded, Say to the believing men to lower their gazes and, and, and protect their chastity. 
Now there is this tug of war that's happening in between. But he says, come what may, the love of Allah Ta'ala comes above everything. Because that is dominant over everything in his heart. So therefore he can easily sacrifice this haram. What shaitan is tempting him towards, what his nafs is dragging him towards, he can easily put the knife on this. That lesson that he learned from putting the knife on the throat of the animal at the time of Qurbani, he puts the knife on the throat of this animal within him. This animal of the nafs within him, which is now trying to drag him towards haram, he then puts the knife on that throat of that animal. And he's ready to sacrifice that for the love of Allah Ta'ala. That sacrifice is an indication of his love for Allah Ta'ala. In terms of his akhlaq and character, he is becoming enraged and angry and furious over things where he should not be displaying any anger. So now that anger is inside him, anger is a natural quality in a person, but he says that this is not the place to vent anger. And this is the time to act on the hadith sharif of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, la taghdab, don't become angry. And the hadith sharif of Nabi sallallahu says that a person does not gulp anything more beloved in the sight of Allah Ta'ala than the gulp of anger. Anger is a swallow bitter gulp. That, that It's swallowing a very bitter thing. It's a very bitter gulp. But that bitter gulp brings very sweet endings. It brings very sweet endings. One person, highly diabetic, so he was prescribed something. Vegetable, karela they call it. It's extremely bitter. He said, but this bitter thing that you're going to drink this, boil it in some water or whatever, extremely bitter. Said, but after this bitter thing is drunk, it just normalizes that, or brings it down to better level. So that bitter gulp brought a very sweet ending. Actually, it, there was too much sweetness, it made it normal. But that was a sweet ending for him, in that regard. Anger is a very bitter gulp, because nafs doesn't want to swallow it. The nafs doesn't want to swallow it. The nafs wants to spit it out. The nafs wants to vent it. So now it wants to spit it out. But, he says, for the sake of Allah Ta'ala, for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala, he is ready to swallow it. Now this he learned from this Qurbani. That he put the knife on the throat of that animal within. That one wants to now keep venting this anger on everything. That wants to show this bad akhlaq. Now, this is that lesson of love that comes to us from this great ibadat of qurbani. And to the extent of love in a person, to that extent he is ready to sacrifice. He is ready to sacrifice his ego and humble himself. Who am I? What am I? Why? For the sake of Allah Ta'ala. And our entire life, from the child time a child, a little child is born, the child is put through sacrifice upon sacrifice. The child is born... The child is accustomed now to be drinking the mother's milk and barely some time has passed. The child is so accustomed to it that that has become his life and now he's weaned off, shouting and screaming and throwing a tantrum and everything. The parent says, this is it now. He'll have to bear it. That's a sacrifice for the child. This is just some examples. He goes through sacrifices from the first moment he's born. That mother went through sacrifices in bringing him to this world. The Quran Sharif speaks about the difficulty the mother bore in carrying him, in delivering him. And yet this child then grows up 
to treat that mother as his servant, to treat that mother as somebody who has no significance whatsoever. He then grows up to treat that mother as just somebody and nobody. He talks to her like she's probably some stranger. He talks to her like she has probably been maybe his enemy, arch enemy or something. Allah forbid Allah ta'ala protect us and save us. These are the unfortunate, almost every other day some occurrence of this nature comes to light. Allah ta'ala speaks about the difficulties that mother bore. The Quran Sharif is explaining this. حَمَلَتْهُ أُمُّهُ كُرْهَهُ وَوَضَعَتْهُ كُرْهَ Then وَحَمْحَمْلُهُ وَفِصَالُهُ ثَلَاثُونَ شَهْرًا And all the time that difficulty she took in that after conception, that entire time of that pregnancy and then the delivery and then the feeding of the child and fostering the child etc. But the child now is also also being put through all these sacrifices. That sacrifice of being weaned. Then now one thing after the other. Then the child now is so accustomed to playing around. Suddenly now the time has come, no, now you need to start learning things. You need to start being admitted to school. That being admitted to start learning things formally, there is a certain age for it. But now that too has started, Allah forbid, the child is still supposed to be in his playing days. But the child is already all packed up. Packed up and sent off. Why? Because everybody has to be in the working world so that we can enhance the quality of life. One is some desperation, situation of desperation, that is something else, that too has to be dealt with within the limits of Shariat and Deen. But that exception aside, the Western lifestyle has crept into us so much, that now we, to enhance the quality of life, everybody has to be in the working world, and the first sacrifice is a child. Now that child is being put through undue sacrifice now. This is undue sacrifice. He was never meant to make that sacrifice. That at that age, for the enhancing of so-called enhancing of quality of life, he has to be in commercial care. Where he's going to be brought up commercially, because he's going to be paid for him to be looked after there. In some crash, in whatever else. Again, situations of desperation aside. But apart from that, the so-called enhancing of the quality of life, this is the quality of life. The first so-called quality of life that the child has to undergo is totally cutting off the quality from his life. That is now deprived of that care of the mother. He is in commercial care. And then a commercial care child grows up with commercial values. Then what does he know the value of parents? What does he know what is the rights of his mother? What does he know how to speak to his mother? Or to his father. But in any case, now the child went through that sacrifice. Then he doesn't want to go to school and learn and so on. No, you got to go because this is something you can't survive without. So now he goes through all that. So his whole life from the beginning is sacrifice. And then as time goes, now he spent the whole day in school, he must come home, he wants to now relax. No, you have to sacrifice more time now. Now, the school has become just the, the facilitator. The education will happen at home. So I must sit and do all his projects and his homework and whatever else. And quarter is, will be done at school. Three quarter will have to be done at home. So sacrifice upon sacrifice. But all for what? And then the whole system, the cycle carries on. But for dunya. But that dunya after how long? 
sometimes while the person is around, that dunya still deserts him. The person has the dunya, but the dunya stabs him in his back. That he was toiling and doing everything to acquire this dunya. Why? Because the bottom line of it was he wanted peace, he wanted happiness, he wanted serenity. That same dunya stabbed him in the back, that very dunya became the means of everything of the opposite. When the barakat was out of it, because it was acquired without the command of Allah Ta'ala being fulfilled. It was acquired in a way that Allah Ta'ala is displeased. It was acquired in a way that the commands of Allah were sacrificed for the dunya. So that same dunya which tempted him, that brought him, carried on beckoning to him, I am ready for you. Come, I will give you what you, what you want. This is the promise I am making. Now the dunya stabs him in the back. That very same dunya turns his life upside down. So these sacrifices are part of this insan's life. But it's just that unfortunately all that sacrifice is in the different direction. Not in the direction that it should be. What direction it should be in? Allah Ta'ala describes in the very ayat of Qurbani as we say. قُلْ إِنَّ الصَّلَاةِ وَالنُّسُكِ وَمَحْيَايَ وَمَمَاتِ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ my salah, my fasting, all my ibadat, my entire living and dying, lillahi rabbil alameen, for Allah ta'ala alone. So my sacrifices too must be primarily for Allah ta'ala. And then for the needs of dunya, within the limits that Allah ta'ala has chalked out. And within those limits, some sacrifices will be made for that too. But the primary sacrifice is for Allah ta'ala. And therefore a person is tested in all these situations of dunya. It could have been that his five first salah, the person could be told, look in the morning, you wake up six o'clock, seven o'clock, whatever it is, you perform five salah for the day and carry on. You're done for the day. Or perform three in the morning, two in the night. But no, no, that's not good enough. You perform fajr in fajr time. It's a fixed time. Inna salata kanat alal mu'minina kitabam mawkuta. If you delayed it until the sun starts rising, then it's too late. You made it qaza. And making one salah qaza is so severe in the sight of Allah tabarak wa ta'ala. Man fatathu salatun fakaannama wutira ahluhu wa malu. Nabi Islam says a person misses one salah in its time. The loss is like having lost his entire family and all his wealth. That loss which will make a person, Allah forbid, insane. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us. That if a person had to be afflicted with such a kind of loss, he'll lose his mind. Unless his heart is attached to Allah Ta'ala. Unless his heart is attached to Allah Ta'ala, then he'll be able to pass through that test. Otherwise, Allah forbid people lose their minds in such situations. So, that is how severe it is missing a salah in his time. But that fajr time is, con- is a specific time. Then you carry on, go to work, go and open your shop, go and engage in your business. But remember, in the midst of it all, you're going to be tested, tested again. You can't just do it in the morning and be over with. This is a test of love. That all this you have been permitted, halal business, not just permitted, but great virtues for it also. But there's a cut off time. That now it's salah time, leave everything and come back to Allah Ta'ala. And reaffirm your love with Allah Ta'ala. Reaffirm your loyalty to Allah Ta'ala. That yes, I've been conducting my business, but my loyalty is with Allah Ta'ala. 
Then in the midst of it again, leave every, every, everything at the time of Asar and come back to Allah Ta'ala. And reaffirm that love and loyalty for Allah Ta'ala. And the same at the time of Maghrib, the same at the time of Isha. Reaffirm that love and loyalty for Allah Ta'ala. Had a long day, summer nights, and Isha is very late. But no, I won't go to sleep till that Isha is performed first. So this is that lesson, that sacrifice we have been making in dunya for everything. But now to sacrifice for Allah Ta'ala. Our entire living and dying should be on the pattern of sacrifice. Lillahi Rabbil Alameen. But for Allah Ta'ala. Ready to sacrifice that haram desires. لا يؤمن أحدكم حتى يكون هواه تبعا لما جئت به Nabi Islam says a person is not a believer until his desires are subservient to that which I have brought Nabi Islam is saying that which he has presented to us the deen of Allah Taala, the way of life of Rasulullah everything else and a person's desires subservient to that that way of life that Nabi Islam has taught, every desire subservient to that. That way of conducting business which Nabi Islam taught, the person got all his fancy ideas, but he will see whether it conforms to this standard of Rasulullah It is his nikah and wedding, does it conform to the standards? It is a funeral. Even that he will be making it conform to the standards. Whatever it might be, occasion of happiness, or situation of grief, whether it is earning, whether it is spending, that is the test of love, love, love and loyalty. And that is the message of Qurbani. It is not merely just slaughtering an animal and enjoying its meat and that's the end of it. That too is something which Allah Ta'ala has invited us on this Mubarak day. On the day of Qurbani, on the day of Eid al-Adha, the sunnah is, on the day of Eid al-Fitr, the sunnah is that a person doesn't, that before going to the Eid Salah, he eats something sweet, in an odd number, dates, whatever, before leaving for the Eid Salah. In the day of Eid al-Adha, the sunnah of Rasulullah was, that he would not eat anything before the Eid Salah. And after the Eid Salah, the first thing that he would consume would be a portion of the animal that was slaughtered for Qurbani. In one riwayat it is mentioned, it would be a portion of the liver. And one reason perhaps for that is that this is the quickest to be prepared. Very easy to prepare quickly. So that's the first thing that is easy to prepare. This would be what Rasulullah would consume from first. The first morsel that would be put into his Mubarak mouth on the day of Eid al-Adha would be a portion from the Qurbani animal. This is highlighting the importance of this ibadat. On Hajjatul Wada. Nabi Islam sacrificed a hundred camels. Sixty-three of it he slaughtered with his own Mubarak hand. The rest of it is Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala slaughtered. So it was not just a matter of for the sake of meat. No, it's the in the Hadith Sharif Nabi Islam says on the day of Eid al-Adha there is no action more beloved to Allah wa ta'ala min ihraqid dam than spilling blood of the animals. That is the greatest amal on that day. And therefore Nabi Islam displayed it in this manner. Hundred camels. So this is that very great ibadat. But it's meant to give us a very great lesson also. And, and that lesson is to be carried forward. That lesson of the loyalty to Allah Ta'ala in every situation. Displaying the love for Allah Ta'ala in every situation. 
and, and, and everything else being subservient to that. May Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give us a tawfiq. On the one hand, just to recap the very great virtues of these Mubarak days and nights, every amal in these days, no amal in any other part of the year can equate to the reward of the amal in this time. Then the fast of each day, equivalent to the fast of one year. And then the ninth of Zul Hijjah, the fast of the ninth of Zul Hijjah compensates for the minor sins of the past and forthcoming year. And then the ibadat of each night, equivalent to the ibadat of Laylatul Qadr. Indeed, we can't imagine the greatness. It's beyond our imagination. So to try and take something of it, we can't take everything, we take something. At least fast one, two days. We try, it's nafil, but we try to take, in our minds often, the word nafil means something not to be done. That becomes the thought in our mind. Is this farz wajib? No, no, it's nafil. Okay, nafil means mustn't do it. La hawla wa la quwata illa billah. The minds of the Sahaba Ikram, that nafil action too, was something that, something that should be held on to as life. Because this is going to take them closer to Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala. In the hadith of Qudsi, Allah Ta'ala says that a person doesn't get closer to me greater than, with any amal, greater than the faraiz. The first action that is the greatest. But then, وَمَا زَالَ عَبْدِي يَتَقَرَّبُ إِلَيَّ بِالنَّوَافِلِ حَتَّى أَحْبَبْتُهُ Allah Ta'ala says, my servant then continues to get closer to me by means of the nawafil. To this extent that I then love him. Subhanallah, we are trying to strive to love Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala is saying, I then love him, hatta ahbabtuhu. And when I start loving him, then I become the eyes with which he sees, the ears with which he hears, the hands with which he holds. Subhanallah, what does this mean? Allah Ta'ala is saying, I become the eyes with which he sees. In other words, he cannot and he will not be able to see, he will never look at something which I am not pleased with. He will never listen to something which I am displeased with. He will never stretch his hand towards anything which I am displeased with. His entire night and day will become such that he will live himself, his life in a way that I am happy with him. When this will happen, when he has now continuously kept progressing, together with the faraiz, wajib, sunnat, muqadda, he also inculcated the habit of, uh, and brought in nawafil in his life. And these nawafil keep taking him closer to Allah Ta'ala. So this is a time to really exert ourselves in the nawafil. Rasulullah would exert himself in nawafil to the point that he would perform such lengthy rakats of nafil that his feet would start swelling. The Sahaba was asked Nabi Wasallam that, are you taking so much of pain upon yourself? Whereas Allah Ta'ala has forgiven you, you are totally masum and sinless. Nabi Islam's response was, Afala akunu abdan shakura. You are saying that I have been totally blessed with this masumiyat, I am totally sinless. Does this not require that I be more grateful? This is the gratitude. Exerting myself even more in ibadat. Now, Allah Ta'ala's unlimited bounties are showering upon us all the time. Is the gratitude for this that we try to do the bare minimum and get over with it? And that too in a haphazard manner in a compromised quality manner. No, we should try to do the best and add to that in terms of the nawafil and especially in these Mubarak day, day, days and nights. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil
reported in the Hadith Sharif, the person who recites La ilaha illallah a hundred times daily, Allah Ta'ala will cause his face to shine like the 14th moon on the day of Qiyamah. What this refers to is that inshallah with the barakat of this daily recitation, this is something to be done daily. What we are doing now is for the sake of ta'aleem and for the sake of tarheeb, but there's something to do daily that we make this tasbih of La ilaha illallah. So the person's face will shine like the 14th moon on the day of Qiyamah. What this means is that inshallah with the barakat of this daily recitation, Allah Ta'ala will give him the tawfiq of righteous actions and save him from sin. And this will become the means of this great bounty on the day of Qiyamah. When saying La ilaha, to imagine that all the ghayrullah, all the wrong, the evil, the sin, the illicit things in our hearts, whatever dirt and filth we have in our hearts, everything has been taken and thrown out. And illallah, there is this nur that is entering the heart. This is the love of Allah Ta'ala. Recite the نظر دیکھو جدر 
और मेरे तन में बजाए आबो गिल दर दे दिल हो धर दे दिल हो धर दे दिल नफ्सो शैता दोनों ने मिलकर हाई किया है मुझको तबाह मेरे मौला मेरी मदद कर चाहता हूँ मैं तेरी पनाह मुझसा खल्क में कोई नहीं गो बद किरदार नामासिया तू भी मगर गफ्फार है यारब बख्श दे मेरे सारे गुनाह अब तो रहे बस ताजम आखिर विरदे जुबाए मेरे इला ला इलाहा इला इलाहा ला इलाहा इला ला इलाहा इला ला इलाहा इला ला इलाहा इला
Fill each one's heart with your muhabbat, ya Allah. Plant us all your muhabbat, ya Allah. Remove the ways of ya Allah, the Yahud and Nasara from our lives, ya Allah. Allah, fill our lives with this love of the sunnah, ya Allah. Enable us to love the sunnah way of Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ilahul alamin, ya Allah, all the good that Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa begged for. Ya Allah, we also begging for all the good. Whatever Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, sought refuge from, ya Allah, you, you, you protect us as well, ya Allah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه أجمعين